You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. Here we are. We uh, we got Tommy Wakefield here, who's looking a little distracted for some reason. I think it might involve a girl. Uh, <laughs> and we also got uh, new friend Vinny Vinny Fastline. Thank you for having me. Cheers. We just bumped mics, which is really oh, fun. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, shoot. I'm already stealing. Is that a, is that's that's Dave. Dave. <laughs> what is the bump mic? I never saw that show. What Dave was it? You didn't watch that special? No. Uh, if you like co-op, yeah. stand up, and they tell jokes, and they, yeah. they oh. just bump mics. So it's not like a roast thing, No, they right? roast. They, they roast, roast each other, and they roast random people in the audience. Yeah. What do you guys think about roasts? I the love them. I'm not good at them. You know, have you done them before? I'm terrible. No, I, I don't like them. I'm not good what at it. What if someone said, okay, let's do a roast battle? I'm too insecure, and I'd probably just compliment you. I'd be like, you have a good chin structure, good earlobes. I would go in. I, I got. Let me just say this, and we're going to get to the interview part of it, but about roasts. I did one roast with Luciana Gattaca, who's opened for me several times. We were good friends. And I'm telling you, after that roast, we weren't so much friends. Really? Mm. Roast and battle. Not, not, even like, not even in a really aggressive, mean, fuck you way, but just in this weird veneer of, of ugh. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Have because you done we that? both did some zingers. I hear you. Sometimes it gets so personal, it's like you can't forget. Well, you know the story of, of Mike Lawrence and Ralphie May. Go on. Go on. So, um, and I was talking to Mike about it. And Mike is a brilliant roaster. I mean, the guy is like, I would never want to cross paths with him that, in that way. But um, he roast battled Ralphie May, and Ralphie Bay was a much bigger name. So Ralphie had a lot more to lose, obviously. But um, he, and of course, he did like, the commensurate fat, fat jokes you have to do with Ralphie May. But Ralphie had just gone through his divorce. Mm. Ralphie May died like eight months after this roast. Yeah. Yeah. And the jokes were all about the divorce, his weight, and how he's going to die soon. And Ralphie <laughs> May, after that roast battle, never talked to Mike again. And it was one of the most popular roast battles out there because it was so funny and Mike's jokes were so that. great. But, but Ralphie was legitimately hurt. And he's yeah. a comic who's been around for 20 was 25 years or something and he still never talked and he died never having talked to mike wow so i just kind of feel like the whole it like, happens a lot i think I, it happens i, a lot I, I think a lot of people roast each other and it, and they that's why i've never done it i know what they're going to say about me they're going to say the whole brain tumor thing they're going to make fun of the brain tumor. okay well let's i i, I don't you know Vinny, i don't know you i just know that uh i was in new york mostly and i've been out for a year and i see you around you seem like a really nice guy so let's get into your your story up until now. I don't know about the brain tumor story. Oh, that's so. So let's let's get back to where are you from originally. Um, I was born in Ohio. The side. Oh, I got to go through this oh, fucking no, the no. bio. No, I know. I just I guess I hate talking about it, but I, um, I'll do Reader's Digest that whole brain tumor thing. But uh, well, yeah, no, so, but that's that's amazing. So you had let's get right to the to the juice of it. The brain tumor. So I was born in Youngstown, Ohio, uh-huh. which is funny. I went to high school with Tony Hinchcliffe. So okay. You know, Tony. Um, who's a roaster, pretty much. Who's a roaster. Yeah. I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I moved to Pittsburgh when my parents divorced when I was 20, or um, when I was 15. Um, I had the brain tumor when I was 14, so I had like this rough childhood where I was like a lot of oh, stuff whoa, happened. Oh, well, I want I, I, I mean, I don't want to do the reader. I, th- this is fascinating. So, you, so you're 14. You're just a normal kid here. Mm-hmm. Brothers, sisters. Twin sisters. And you're in Ohio, like working class family. Yeah. And so, how does one know? Because I feel like so many people are worried that they're going to get some form of tumor or cancer. And now that I'm getting older, I think about it all the time. How did you first become aware that it was happening? Seizures. 
my dad. My dad noticed we had seizures. So you had, are you really uncomfortable talking about this? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, maybe it's just the way you look because you have those, no, d- I those guess, dark I guess, eyes. I guess I'm like, uh, <laughs> I have talked about it on other podcasts and I guess, I don't know. I don't mind talking about it. It's just, it's, you know, yeah, I don't mind. Well, I mean, cause one of the things that we have in common, me and Vinny, is we both toured with uh, a little bit with Jamie Kennedy. And Jamie Kennedy wrote a book. I mean, I'm saying wrote in quotation marks because he, he had a ghostwriter. But but it's a, his story is fascinating. He lost a kidney when I think he was 12. And then he had uh, a heart problem and he got a pacemaker when he was like 13. So since a young age, there were people telling him, you're going to die soon. Mm. And it really... And he told me it sort of affected the way he approached everything in life. Like, I'm going to fucking die. This is all borrowed time. So I'm not going to be a pussy about stuff. And I'm going to go after stuff. And he does have have an aggressive nature, particularly in this business, that I think has served him because of that. So so I think things like that really affect how you become as as a comic and as a person. So you were 14... When you say seizures, what does that mean? What that uh, look like? They're called like episodes where I'd black out and I would, I could even talk. I'd be like, I need to get dressed, but I'm clothed. Like things where I was crazy and I'd space out. I'm like, I'm sleep. I must've been sleeping, but I'm like, my eyes are open. So my dad knows he got MRIs and then I had the brain surgery. My parents divorced. I moved to Pittsburgh. So mom, after the brain surgery, your parents divorced. Yeah. Yeah. I was crazy. How close on the heels of that? All of it within like a year, dude. My parents lost my, they went bankrupt. It was pretty crazy. Childhood. So you didn't have insurance. We did, but it was just my my dad like I kind of drank himself a little bit and gave up. He was a doctor and he sold his practice and then he uh, yeah we it was just a messy you know plus puberty you know yeah. So I moved to Pittsburgh and you then, really just zipped right through <laughs> some of the most interesting psychological <laughs> stuff I could imagine. Is, is it stuff that that I mean obviously we're all in this business who are comics and actors or whatever. So we've been to therapy, right guys? All of us? Yeah. Um, is this something that you feel resolved about or do you still have like parts I'm resolved of it that, about. Do, and the relationship with that, with your relationship with your parents, do you feel like it's, it bums you out or? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you, I guess what I'm asking is, do you feel that this, uh, was there a moment where you blamed yourself for things happening with your family? I mean, I think a lot of people do when their parents get divorced. Mm, I blame my mom maybe. for being a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> and being addicted to pills because I was a fuck up. Um, that something, I mean, I feel like a lot of people go through that. I'm I, sure. I'm sure. I think it was just they were fighting a lot and I think it was yeah. just going to happen. But it, it worked out. And, you know, I'm still close with both my parents. My mom's in Pittsburgh. My dad's in Ohio. Uh, and then after the uh, the move. So the surgery was how long? It was like a day? Uh, a couple days or a day. Yeah, it was like a day. And then I was in the hospital for like a week. And yeah. I was in like all summer. I was just kind of. Right away, did dead. you feel better? Was it kind of like. Oh, no. I, I mean, like, it took me months to recuperate from the surgery. Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean, like, walking was hard? and? Yeah, I couldn't, you know, a couple of days of wa- without walking after the hospital. Yeah. Ultimately was successful, though? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have to go back in or anything? No, I just get MRIs. It, it was, like, days of MRIs, then months, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. now it's years, every five years. But I'm good. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, malignant. It was just That's benign. incredible. Yeah. So, but it's just they just the made, size it of it interfered with different parts of your brain body yeah you know i don't know if you uh are you a gaffigan fan yeah you know his his wife had a tumor had a brain oh, tumor. oh i didn't know that um he does bits about it he does bits about it, it yeah yeah and he actually brain tumor 
he has brain tumor bits. It's actually really funny. Oh no! Because he talks about when just when I thought I was original. Oh, <laughs> you do man. brain tumor bits? Yeah. I didn't see it tonight. No, did. I didn't do them tonight. Okay. I only do them in my hour. His are my wife's brain tumor bits, so it's, it's different. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the jokes he has is how doctors always com- compare it to a fruit. <laughs> oh man. Do you they, have a bit about that? No, they compared mine to a golf ball. A golf ball. Yeah. He's always oh, the size of an apple or size of a pear. Or it's always like, why is it always like a delicious fruit? Why can't they make it? Why can't they, I mean, he I'm makes just, the Gaffigan bit where he talks about it how it's, it makes him hungry. <laughs> That's hilarious. Of course, classic. Everything's food, but even the cans. Fucking the, classic. Um, so yeah, I was doing I was doing that as a bucket list item, like a like a go chase some fears kind of stuff. That what do you mean you're the doing? brain t- or the uh, comedy stand up comedy? Oh yeah, so I want to hear about that. So so after so you recover from the brain tumor and you're back in school and you're just a normal kid again things feel kind of back on track you're just a dude trying to kiss a girl and doing yeah. all that shit in ohio whatever they do trying yeah. to trans am i don't know and then um trans and then so where did comedy come about how did comedy come out of that situation did at that point when you when you recovered where you're like you know what fuck it i want to do a, this thing yeah i was like doing all this crazy like fearless kind of stuff Really? Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't ride roller coasters. I was riding roller coasters. I was doing all this, just being a little more daring. Why do I you was think? very, uh, just outlashing, being a little more rebellious. Yeah. Just not worried. Like, and I was very, um, in like, you know, I was, I was, I, I was a very good student. And then like, you know, I got suspended a couple of times, just jerking off, you know, not like literally, but you know, yeah. like messing around. So let me ask you about that. A friend of mine had a brother who had cancer mm-hmm. at age, uh, nine, I think maybe it was leukemia. And almost died several times. And when he recovered at age 12, he felt that he, he knew what life was about. You know what I mean? And he's looking around high school and these kids going, you guys are caught up in all this bullshit that doesn't mean anything. And it really fucked with his head. Because at that age, you're, you should be caught up in the bullshit of trying to figure it out. But he actually understood that life isn't about that shit. And life is about like love and family and connection. And he sort of, it, it messed with his head. So do you think that when this happened to you, was that part of what was working working in your head that like this is garbage and I and I and I have to experience life and not get caught up in dumb shit? Yeah, I, I mean, I did do a little dumb shit. I you know smoked weed, was laced, and it was laced. I was drinking a little bit more. Like I, I, but the thing that I had was that after the brain surgery, my parents split up. I moved to a new city where I was like not accepted right away. With who? So who'd you move with? My mom. Your mom. And I tried to fit into a new school where everyone played sports, and I couldn't. So I'm like, you couldn't because of the brain tumor. Yeah, interesting. So I had a plate in my head, and I'm like, I, now it's the cool kids are all playing sports. I can't even play sports. So I'm like trying to fit in. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh, cool. I'll drink. I guess you of know. Of course. I'll smoke, and I smoked. And I tripped the fuck out. I was about to say, uh, you I do probably, a bit about that too. You're probably told that you can't. I, I, I saw you tonight talk about. No, that. not that one. Okay, I do a different one. Because uh, were you told, hey, do not smoke marijuana or don't drink alcohol because of this? Yeah, I was also on seizure medication, so it was really dumb for me to drink. Oh, why? What does seizure medication do? It messes with your liver, and obviously it tries, you know, it affects your brain, but it's like, the main thing is the liver. It's like... It's yeah, bad for your livers, and I'm just sucking down. I'm I'm taking beer. I'm taking my Tegretol with beers. I'm like, fuck it. I'm did you f- <laughs> do you feel that because you didn't fit in, or was there a part of you that was like death wish? Do you ever look at it that way? Or you're like, fuck it. Um, I did. Yeah, I guess I was really. I was maybe suicidal for like a, a sh- very short period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you're in the new school with the mom. Did it? Did you have to make the choice of mom and dad? Yeah, I guess. Oh, but it was kind of like brutal. Yeah, kind of just. 
I, I don't know. Because at age, at 14, is usually when they ask the kids. I didn't want to go with my mom because I was my, all my friends in my life was there. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to go, but I felt bad. And I felt like I couldn't leave my mom by herself of in a course, new state. Of course, So I yeah. just went with my mom. Tommy, your parents together? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sam, are really your parents old. together? No. Oh, your, I your, my parents are together, but but they should. <laughs> no, they should be now. But there was a point where my dad was a boring Christian. My mom was a drunk again mom. And they just like. It was Drunk just mi- it was just misery, misery. So they, but they, but they, they stuck through it. Now it's, you know, I don't know. But I always, but di- divorce. I have, I have a, a kid, right, from a one night stand, and there was a point when she was thirteen or fourteen, where I was going to sue for custody, and the judge was like, "Yeah, she's at that age where she can actually choose to be with you." And I talked to her, and she said the same thing. She goes, "I want to be with you, but I can't leave my mom." You know, mm. because just, I mean, in general, like it's yeah. the mom. Yeah. You know? Plus you feel, you feel, you know, she's alone or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the new school, you moved from, from Youngstown to Pittsburgh, Youngstown to Pittsburgh. Um, and, uh, you're with your mom and, and you have brothers, sisters, twin, identical twin sisters. You have identical twin sisters. Yeah. Where are they? They're both in Pittsburgh. They're both married. They got married within a year. They both had kids within a year and now they're both pregnant within oh uh, a month. Wow. So, so they're crazy. like neck and neck. With I've always other. wondered what it's like to being a, a sibling of identical twins. Do because... their husbands look alike? No. Okay. They're both huge, like tall and buff, like nothing like me at all. But Word. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And they're probably not artistic at all. They're like. No, nah, they're pretty. They're pretty. I mean, my sister, uh, Dara, she likes, she do web design stuff. So she's artistic there. But I mean, I'm like the, ah, like. Did you ever feel as a brother to them just pissed off <laughs> you weren't a twin too because i would feel so left out yeah i guess so well they were like older and oh, okay. they're cool i always wanted to fit in we fought up until the brain surgery like i oh, hated really? them really we hated each other up until the brain surgery and afterwards you're like i love you yeah yeah it's crazy that's amazing so you're in school you're not fitting in and and stand-up comedy came about somehow how that i tried it yeah i did a class i took a there's a class, class in high school there was a college class that my mom lied about my age to get me in that's it, amazing it i love stories like that it was like over the summer or something? You did it over the summer or like a month at this community college. And then your final was to like, they rented out this little theater on the south side of Pittsburgh and uh-huh. then you had to do jokes. And it was terrible. Like I was doing these terrible brain tumor jokes. Do you remember? I, oh, they're not I funny. I, I mean like. You got to say them. Those are the best. First how, like, first jokes are the best. Yeah. How I how I get, um, I, I say I have a plate in my head, but so I. I, so I get radio stations like so people are like what are you doing dancing I'm like no I'm listening to music uh-huh. but I'm trying to get a good song and then I would say stuff like but I never get good music it's always like I don't know it was bad <laughs> it's always like what I can't remember it's but not that, by the way we're laughing not that bad it was bad I also said I went through a metal detector and I'd always go boop and I'd... is that true when you go through metal <laughs> no. but you, do, you, do you still have a plate in your head I have a titanium so Titan- it does. It didn't go off so I don't know why I was saying, saying that but I was just I thought so titanium funny. does not go off mm-hmm See, I learn shit every day. People, people have have told me and said, you know, I like your podcast. I want to learn more. There we go. Titanium does not go off. <laughs> my parents, here's something fucked up. My parents just told me the other day, because they're old. I mean, they're not that, but they're old. You know what I mean? For they're seventy, like early mid seventies, but yeah. they, but they act old as fuck. And <laughs> uh, and they were like, you know, Bill, when we die, we want to give you our titanium. I'm like, where do you have, you have troves? <laughs> they're like, no, in our bodies. Really? Their bodies are, they're like Wolverine. What do they have, like hips? Hips. Hips. Fucking 
uh, back, my mom's entire back. <laughs> Jaw Dude, shit. I want to give you a titanium back. Because what happens, people know about, and this is stuff you can learn, <laughs> is that when, when people die, you know, you get crucified or whatever it is, they, they, take, they, they don't burn the titanium in the, in the fire. Yeah. Crucified. What I, yeah. what I meant to say. <laughs> you know, when your parents get like, crucified. Cremated. cremated. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's ironic right there, right? Okay. Oh, so when you, get, when you get crucified, when you get, <laughs> when you get cre- everybody. Oh, Let's smoke some of that sativa right yeah. now. Yeah, really. So when you get cremated, uh, <laughs> they take the titanium, sure. and that shit's expensive. Yeah. yeah. And they just, they just give you a back. They, they, they don't, yeah, take they this don't back. give it you back. They just take it, and they don't tell you that. Oh. So now there's a thing that you got to know that, and you got to tell them and Dang. sign a waiver and say, hey, Donate this titanium to my family. How much yeah. do you think a hip goes for? You don't have titanium hip, do you? No, that'd be amazing. You just like, oh shit. I mean, it's thousands of your, dollars. Your parents had like a, like golden plates in their back, and like you're just super rich. People are like, oh, do you, your parents pass you down like a building? Nah, this is her back. It was a kneecap. Oh, yeah. My mom had really a golden sh- golden yeah. cap kneecap. My mom had degenerative spinal arthritis. Oh. And now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> There's a spine in the will. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. so there you go. When you have kids, you can say, hey, I want to give you my... Dude, you should definitely do a bit about that, where you're like, parents like... No, you do the bit. Wait, no, where they pass you down, where your parents pass you down the plates, and now you're rich. Oh, God. And then people are like, what, from what? And you're like, oh, yeah. They didn't, know, they didn't know an ice cream shop. <laughs> Got that rib money. Uh, so you took this... This is actually really fascinating. You, you took, I don't mean actually, like, surprisingly, I thought you were going to be boring, but, um, <laughs> but you took this month-long class... Uh, which is pretty pretty kind of ballsy that your mom did that. She signed you up. Yeah. She knew. I guess my question to you is, how passionate were you about doing stand-up at this point? Were you like something like, I have to do it. I have to go on stage. No, I didn't really know much about stand-up. I was. How'd you get signed into the class? Just she she kind she she kind of you know I got to give it to her. She really you know I wanted to do all this stuff and she always thought it was funny. She's like stand-up comedy. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. Yeah. Do you remember the first comics that you would listen to? You're young as fuck. How old are you? I'm 32. 32. You're young as fuck to me. First comic. I mean, I do remember watching comics like, you know, Richard Pryor stuff and like George Carlin, stuff like that. But I came up, I remember watching one guy that I love was Pablo Francisco when he first came out. Oh, yeah. My God. When he first came out. Like, I remember I was, I was so, yeah, I was young, but. um, Do you see him live? You see him on TV? I saw him on TV. I had his DVD. And then I went and saw him live in Florida, and he signed it. I still have it somewhere. You were like a fanboy. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was funny. I, it was, man. I don't think I've ever been a fanboy of, like, stand-ups, really, because I was never – what about you, Tommy? Who was your people that, that you were a fanboy of, your comics? I'm a fanboy of Rory Scovel. All right. I think he's fucking hilarious. Rory's funny. You could just, probably be his friend. He I would love yeah. to hang out friend. with them. Yeah. yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't. Th- I, but he doesn't. He doesn't strike me as someone who lives in rarefied air where you can't get to him. No. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. No. I've met him a few times. He's yeah. Chill. And you. But you get like, but, a like nervous. But like before I met him, I just was in North Carolina, and we all thought because he's I guess from South Carolina, so if you're oh. anywhere close to the area, yeah. Like he fucking. When yeah. do you st- when did you start comedy? Like uh, maybe four and a half years ago. I think when you first meet some of your idols, you're like, "Whoa!" I remember my first guy I opened for at the local Pittsburgh Improv. Yeah. So, so I did the class. It was cool. We did that. I didn't really. I did a competition when I was eighteen. How long was the set when you when you graduated? Like five minutes, like or seven minutes or something. Okay. But then uh, I when I did a competition when I was eighteen and I was good and I won it. And it was just in the middle of Pennsylvania. It was nothing special. But that's huge, though. So I was like, winning, I am winning anything. When you're just starting, it must feel like whoa. I thought I was good, but I yeah. went to college and I didn't do comedy. 
Where do you go to college? IUP. It's in Pennsylvania. It's just a. Was it was IUP Stanford? Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Not a why do not a branch. Miami of Ohio. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Well, in, there's a town in Miami Pennsylvania called Indiana, where Jimmy Stewart's from. Oh, uh, the guy that invented YouTube went to school there. It's just a town in Pennsylvania called Indiana, and everyone thinks it's a branch, but it's not. It's a small town, two thousand <laughs> people, fourteen thousand college students. Yeah, so yeah. all we did was fucking drink. Yeah. Oh no, I've heard about that in the Midwest. People, that's all you can do. There's nothing all really you to do, do there. They yeah. just they just drink and fuck. <laughs> and at this point, so you're you're drinking, and you're probably were, were you light bloomer, or were you drinking? You're, wise? You're, you're a handsome guy, so you're probably were you, were you crushing the crushing the in, the, in the, college the ladies. You know, yeah. I had a lot of relationships. I was a late bloomer. I feel like it's easier for me to get girls now, but I don't think I was really great at it then. Yeah. I was very friendly. I was like, I was friends with everybody on campus. Friend, yeah. yeah, but but I I didn't get to the guys that were like. Banging the hot chicks in college were like coke heads that were smashing drywalls. It's like, fuck yeah, who's fucking tonight? And they were, I was like, these guys. You know what's great about that is Mike? those guys are not getting laid anymore. I know, like those in guys colleges, are all. Those guys are never getting laid. Those guys, yeah, those are the fat dudes delivering pizzas. They had like, their time. They had their time. It's over now. The bullies from the '80s are done. Yeah. Um. So you weren't doing sports in college, yeah? Yeah. No, I just no sports. So no. and you weren't doing stand up. Studied marketing. No. You're doing marketing. Mm -hmm. I got a job after college, marketing, and then I started stand-up after is, college. What is marketing? I mean, I kind of know. <laughs> but like, it I was always doing, feels like I was, just a general thing. It's so thing many of, different things. Advertise, sale. I was doing sales for a construction for company. Construction company. So I was selling. how do you do that? Well, this was specific. This was called business development, and this was uh, – I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. My life is so boring. I'm like, it's you're not, like do you want to do a comedy podcast? No, because I'll I, I, be depressing I, 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 and no, talk no, about. I, 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 first of all, sales. being look, I, I'm not one of those like bells and whistles. Like, hey, let's be wacky. Uh, I, I love the fact. Like, I, I would like to talk more about tumors, <laughs> but and, and your suicidal thoughts. That'd be fucking great. Um, he loves it. He takes it as dark as it can go. But yeah. I also think that there are a lot of people who are out there in the world who, if they don't want to go into stand-up comedy. Everyone has a dream about something. I don't care who the fuck you are. You're in an office. You're in a cubicle. You have a dream about something unrelated to what you're doing, whether it's acting or stand-up or writing the great American novel or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, everyone has that, right? Mm -hmm. So people – there are kids out there and people listening to this podcast who go, I, I mean, I love it, but how would I ever – so the path doesn't even seem available to them and definitely doesn't seem clear to a lot of people who – want to do something and break out of the life they're in. So the fact that you were doing market, I mean, that's fascinating me because now you're you're like a regular at the Hollywood Laugh Factory, which is arguably one of the best clubs in the world. And a lot of people were like, how does that path happen? That that intrigues me. 10 years. <laughs> you know, 10 years is actually a short amount of time on some level, you know? Yeah. So you're doing market for how long? Uh, three years in Pittsburgh. But I was as I as I started that job, I started working at the Pittsburgh Improv, like getting up. The, the, I was doing open mics. Improv, same thing? Yeah. 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 Yeah, same one. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, which I'm actually there headlining it to when? uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about that later. Yeah. About something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you. What. I don't want to say now because I don't want to. No, you're going to be. Okay, so I, I booked a show called Manhunt mm -hmm. and it shoots in Pittsburgh. They, yeah, they did. Yeah. They shot Is that the on Netflix? It's, it started on the Discovery Channel. Oh. And. Um, they shot that in Pittsburgh? They shoot in Pittsburgh. You know how many movies shoot in Pittsburgh? It's it actually it will if you it's if you crazy so now. this this woman who cast it Donna Donna do you want 
Booze Donna, Donna Be- uh, Belichick, Belichick casting. Yes. I took her acting class. Oh, first okay. acting class I took. So she's, she's the one who cast me in this. And I was like, oh, what has she done? And I looked at her. I Googled her IMDb. I Googled her IMDb. I IMDb'd her IMDb. I looked at her IMDb, and she had... And I, all the movies that were shot in Pittsburgh, I couldn't fucking believe it. I mean, it's crazy. huge tax studio breaks. films. There must be lots of tax breaks Tons there, yeah. Tons of tax breaks. And studios are coming up. Yeah. They're building studios over there. Yeah, so I was really surprised. So yeah, they shoot Manhunt there. So I'm going to be there for maybe two to three weeks. When? Uh, in June. We're going to set you up with some shows. Boom. Dude. Let's we'll talk connect about you it. with the Pittsburgh Improv. We'll connect okay, you with Arcade, here's the funny thing arcade it, Comedy Theater. You got to do. Here's the funny thing about the Pittsburgh. I I did go there with Jamie Kennedy. How long ago was that? Uh, I mean, this is when I was first uh, a year in or two years in. So it's two thousand six, seven, maybe. And uh, so, the Penguins had played. It was a, You know what I'm talking about. You know. You know what I'm about to say, right? Yeah. The Peng- Penguins played that Sunday. We were sold out the whole the whole weekend. <laughs> The Penguins played that Sunday and they lost, so nobody was there. I don't mean nobody, but I mean literally there was like forty oh, people man. there. Yeah, that's and so the, true. And they were like, "What the fuck happened?" Like, well, the Penguins lost. Duh. Yeah, dude. If there's a show, I don't care how big you are. If there's, um, if there, if you have a show when like the Steelers are playing, just yeah. forget it. It's, yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Like they live, breathe. It's Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Not yeah, as yeah, much, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. This was even the steel. This is the Penguins losing, they and you like, couldn't sell a show. With it's all they have. Yeah, it's what they live for. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, you go home. I, I remember going home and doing a show. Last year, I headlined Rex Theater, that club that I did, or that theater I started at. So yeah, that was yeah. kind of cool. The theater like, they did the class in. That's classic. crazy. That's awesome. So I headlined that last year, and I was terrified because I feel like there was something going on, and I was just like, please don't let this be like. The same day as the game, because <laughs> oh, nobody's coming. If they, if you so have a so crazy. So oh, so the first guy that I ever got to open for at the improv was Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh wow! Did a full awesome. weekend, yeah. and still still friends with him. He always asked did about you, my did mom. You, did you know him when you opened for? Oh, him? I was a big fan. Oh, you were a big fan. I right, was yeah. like, dude, I saw my Comedy Central. I called my. They said, do you want to open for Sebastian? I called my friend. What do? <laughs> open for Sebastian. I was, you know, he's still amazing. He's still yeah, great. Of course. Dude. So. Uh, so I remember the, I think that Sunday, this was way before he was doing really famous, but that Sunday there was a game and it was not as packed. It's always like that. Like, and I'm like, man, just if they have a game here, they don't care. It's so crazy. Yeah. Is there anything in LA that, that would equate to? No. I mean, even the Oscars, there are a lot of people out here like, I don't give a fuck about the Oscars. There's enough people here, but, oh, rain. 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 Yes. If it rains, people don't do anything. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It's the same thing. And out it, there, it could rain, snow, whatever. If it rains in Pittsburgh, like, this is a it, good day. This yeah. is the best weather we had in years. Fuck it, I'm in my car. This is like the worst Pittsburgh ac- accent ever. I just did a New York one. I don't know why. They sound like, <laughs> they sound like yinges. Yeah. What is the Pittsburgh accent? Is there a Pittsburgh Yins accent? Yinges want to go down, grab your permani sandwich. <laughs> it's like a weird, like, in-between Boston-Chicago accent. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So, uh, so you're, It's awful. You're in, you're, so this <laughs> so one, I, I want to get to, you're in marketing, three years. Are you crushing the game? Are you, so, are you good? Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm 23 and I'm like, I'm working at a big company out there. So I also want to go back. I don't know why this is like a Jamie Kennedy podcast, but <laughs> in his book, he was, he worked in marketing or sales. I don't really know what the difference is, but he sold toner, right? And he would, and he hated selling toner. I mean, I don't know how you felt about selling construct. If, if you felt like it was fake or did you, were you passionate about concrete? 
No, it was actually restoration. So it's a division of construction where if there's a natural disaster, like if a fire hits this building or a flood pipe breaks and there's water all over the place or an earthquake or a suicide or a homicide happens in the building, they call the, the owner of the property or the house will call the insurance company or the property manager and be like, what do we do? And I built a relationship with them Yeah. so that they, they're like, oh, call this company They'll go fix it for you. So this company's licensed to go clean up homicides or clean up water damage or clean up fire damage and restore the property to its pre-existing condition. Wow. So I wouldn't do sales where I'm like, buy, the, buy this. Yeah. Or I'd be like, hey, when your clients have some crazy disasters, you don't know when it's going to happen, but give us a call, please. Yeah. So we would get a call at 2 in the morning. Water pipe broke at the hospital. There's water all over the place. Carnegie Museum mm -hmm. flooded. They, so the basement had like dinosaur bones and all this crazy oh shit flooded. So we had to come in here, drain, drain the water, suck up the water, dry it out with fans, dehumidifiers, rip everything out, replace yeah. it. It's very crazy. So I would build these relationships oh, wow, as I was doing comedy at the Pittsburgh Improv. Yeah. So, okay. I want to get that. So what, while you were marketing, you, you were doing comedy at that time. At that time. Okay. What was your first, do you remember your first paid gig? Because I always think that's a huge moment for comics when they're, you're, you're doing marketing, you're not thinking about a career in comedy at this point, probably, but you're getting up. How do you first get? First of all, that's a that's a very respected club. A great, I mean, the improv, yeah, brand in general. So, how did you get into that? My first paid gig, I think, was the oh, I did the open mic at the improv, and then they just liked me, and yeah, they brought me back. I think my first paid gig was opening for Sebastian. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. My first paid gig was a two thirty a.m. prom show at the old Gotham Comedy. Do they have? Do you have? Do you have prom shows? You ever know what I'm talking about? Prom shows. I so I think a lot of in New York, a lot of the first gigs that comics would get is a as a prom show where kids from Jersey would show up in party buses or limousines at one in the morning, <laughs> not supposed to be drunk, but fucking clearly drunk. Yeah. And in their dresses and the poodle skirts, whatever the shit, the tuxes, and you're supposed to go up there and talk to these kids for thirty minutes. And it was my first paid and it used is to it be, paid by the school? Um I mean it would pay I think it paid like $85. And this is this is like huh. 2000. My first gig was probably 2006, 2005. Yeah. And I'm just like, 85? What the yeah. fuck? I can make money doing this? Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they do. I haven't heard about prom shows, but that was the way people got it. So, uh, so you opened for Sebastian. Now, at that point, did you feel like, all right, I'm a comic. I'm a professional yeah. comic. Yes. Yeah. I remember the first show I did, I bombed. Um, with Sebastian? Yeah, I, we did a Thursday night and I was trying this thing where I recorded the thoughts going through my head uh -huh. and then I went out there and the first thing I did was like a monologue and it was like <laughs> I was eating chips and, I, and it was just talking about I hope they think I'm funny and uh, you know, all this stuff and it was yeah. like, it just, it was, it was you were being meta theatrical. Yeah, and then I did like Pittsburgh. bits and then they were like, it was, if, if the timing was right, it would have been funny. Like, I'd be on a date, and I'd be like, uh, you know, God damn it, you have to get an appetizer on port. And it would come out over the speakers, and then I would talk. So it was kind of uh. incorporated. It was kind of funny. Wait, but so someone was playing the... Yeah, I recorded it, so oh, the timing right. was oh, off, and good. it got cool. weird, and then yeah, I bombed. Yeah, yeah. So that, that next night, I was just like, eh, eh, I'm scratching Did Sebastian this. say yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. dude? Did he say, hey, man, nah, what about the thing? No, nah, no, nah, he didn't. Yeah, um, maybe he didn't hear but it. I, but I... But I do remember stop doing it and then <laughs> immediately. And then Friday through the weekend, I just did regular shows, which yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was getting up there a lot, opening for a bunch of guys that would come through. So at, at this point, you're still you're still doing your marketing. Oh, by the way, back to James Kennedy. He sold toner, and he used to do it in voices. He used to sell toner in voices. He used to go, hey, listen, this tone is the best tone. And everyone would surround him in his office. And then he'd come like, 
hi, this is Mary. And he would do women and men oh, and nice. like fat, you know, <laughs> access. Like, my name is Abu. I'm selling toner. And people would just, oh, Jamie's going to sell. Jamie's going to sell. And he was the biggest seller of toner in his company. Wow. And at one point he said, wait, if I can sell toner, which I don't give a shit about, why can't I sell myself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what people don't know about Jamie is that's what he did. He actually created a fake manager that went around Hollywood and called people. Wow. Named Marty Shaw. I think it was Marty Shaw. So anyway, it's a great story. That's amazing. So, uh, so anyway, go ahead. So you're, you're a selling toner. You, you did a special. So at what point do you go, fuck it, I'm going to be a comic? I was a couple years in in Pittsburgh doing stand-up. And I had a cousin here that was a, that's a manager here. So I he, I, I was visiting. A manager for he talent? Man, talent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I would visit him. Yeah. And he would be like, when are you gonna move here? When are you gonna move here? I mean, he called me after high school. He Did called he want to rep you? When I'm, he does now. But oh, very for cool. when I moved out here, he didn't want to right away because it was so green. Sure. But when I used to visit him, I used to, and I used to, when I moved out here, I was just like, oh man, I gotta manage your cousin. I'm gonna be famous right away. <laughs> well, and he's sure, like, yeah. it's gonna take you eight years. So I'm like, what? what who does he? He manages Ken Jung. Ken Jung heard of him. And uh, what's his company called? Is it just Aligned him? Entertainment? Aligned Entertainment. So he must have a, f- a few comments. If he has Ken, he must have some other pretty. Yeah, big yeah. He's got he's got a he's got a good roster. And but... he did already at that at that point years yeah, ago. Yeah, he was an agent, and then when Ken blew up, he started managing. Oh, that's cool. Um, but uh, he, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, I just used to visit him and just have fun. And and I'm telling you, if it wasn't for him, I, I mean, he I, li- I lived on his couch, and then he got a house, and I had a, I lived in the guest house for a couple of years. So you know, even though. He helped me other ways as far as introducing me to some people here and yeah. for like socially and and he would give me great advice and all that yeah, stuff. So I mean, it's it invaluable. definitely it helped me. Like he helped me in so many ways. So yeah. it's like I, I got to give it to him for being here for of sure. Of course. And when did you um when did you sign with him? Recently, over the last few months. Oh really? Yeah. That's was, cool. What I was took with so a long? Different management. Because you know, needed to have him. some shit on your belt for him to be like, okay, kid. No, I just we it's just the right all right timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the right timing now. I think so that's now really awesome. we're yeah, it's gonna be great. I just got a new agent, uh, so I got a new two new agents and a manager now. It's, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, now you just sit back and let them do the work for you. Yeah, we'll see. It doesn't work that They're way. They're just like, yeah, you're not famous. You. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, so when you moved out here, uh, and your cousin wasn't representing, giving you advice, how did you kind of break into the clubs here? I got uh, a chance at the uh, Hollywood Improv, so that was my first. Oh, by that, the way, how's a chance like that happen? Um. Brett recommended me, but I was also working at the Pittsburgh Improv, so they they had oh, they recommended okay. yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. So I got a chance to, uh, you know, get an audition, and they brought me back and brought me back, and then they gave me my own show there, socially awkward, which I do there. One you monthly, still do which that, you'll yeah. have to do. Yeah, I, I, I took took a few months off. But what yeah, is that? What's the premise of socially awkward? Just, just a stand up show. Oh, I tried okay. doing a live podcast on it, was no good, and <laughs> I tried to open it up with a silly video of me dancing in public. I'm like, not good. I, a lot of bad ideas, Bill. I'm like, hey man, you got to go through the bad ideas to get to the good ones, you know. So, um, which, um, but we got to get you on that, by the way, both of you guys. And uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, so that that helped me get in at the improv. Um, so you know, I got past there, and the uh, comedy store I was getting in. Because Tony Hinchcliffe, that uh-huh. story is really funny. Yeah. But I called the comedy store when I was young and I said, hey, can I uh, can I get up? I'm coming in from out of town. How I, long ago like, is this? This must have been like 2000. I was, I was 23. I just started. So this was almost 10 years ago, man. Okay. So you started around 2008 maybe? 2009. Yeah. Okay. Man, I think. So, Yeah. I mean, I tried it when I was a kid, but I don't count that. Sure, sure. Um, 
So anyways, I call him. I was like, hey, can I, can I get in? He's like, super tough, man. He's like, you got to sign a list, wait outside. They pick, you know, 10 names out of hundreds. It's like, it's tough. And I go, please, I'm visiting from out of town. I'm, you know, I'm coming from uh, Pittsburgh. He's like, oh. Were you uh, close to Tony at this point? I knew, him. Yeah, I, yeah, I, no, no, I, I was, I was close to him. I knew him. Okay. We didn't know. I didn't know it was him yet. So I'm on the oh, phone. Really? I go, and I go, I go, I'm coming from Pittsburgh. He goes, oh, I'm from that area. I'm from Youngstown. I go, oh, wait a second. So am I. I just moved, you know, I'm, he goes, where'd you go to school? I said, my sister's, I, I went to Liberty. My sister's went to Ursuline. He goes, Ursuline? He goes, who are your sisters? I go, Gianna and Dara Fastline. He's like, dude, I took Gianna to Sadie's Hawkins dance. He goes, it's Tony Hinchcliffe. I go, what the fuck? Oh my he goes, God, come down here. Crazy. I'm getting you on. So I got on right away as soon as I came out here. I yeah, was yeah. terrible, by the way. I was nervous as fuck. I was drunk at the time because I was so nervous. Yeah. It was like pe- famous people around. Of course. And then Tommy was the manager there. So I was getting up a lot more. He put me up after Chris Rock like a few years in. I was like, like it was crazy. How did that go? Okay, because Chris was like chilling. Mm-hmm. Low energy, working mm-hmm. stuff out, talking. Yeah, so, so he was just kind of chilling. So I had high energy. So it wasn't as bad as I thought. But yeah, but it was. Uh, but yeah, but uh, so Tony helped me. I'm not past there, but I have do get shows there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I the other clubs pass me. Have you done Kill Tony? Um, I haven't done his. No, I I haven't done the. Uh, that scares the fuck out of me. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Just telling one liner jokes and having three comics <laughs> tear you apart. I, I'm yeah. like you. I don't think I have that. They don't always tell pe- tear people apart. Sometimes it's pretty positive. But yeah. If you bomb, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But it, but it builds you. It builds you as a one comic. minute is tough. Strong. One minute is tough. Um, I remember uh, Jamie uh, Masada, the owner of the Laugh Factor, used to when I started coming out in 2006 and 2007, he would always do. It'd be midnight. Dan Cook had just done an hour, and he'd be like, "Buddy, you go up. You go up now." <laughs> And, Damn, and I think you know, obviously there are times I bombed that, but every once in a while you could actually galvanize that energy and take that energy and actually keep going with it. Yeah, that's nice. so. Um, but that was that was like his trial by fire for a lot of people at that time. And like, see if you could follow somebody like that. If you could follow Dane, I, I, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I followed so many people, and I feel like who do you feel? Is there someone that you when you're doing a show now that you don't that you go? Oh, I don't want to follow this fucking person for whatever reason. I don't want to. I never want to follow Tony Rock, hmm. um, mm-hmm. because he can he can get a crowd's energy. He's so likable, and and he can he can create personal relationships with everyone in like two hundred fifty. Laugh and 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 sometimes I'll follow people kind of cocky, and even by bombing the first five minutes, I'm like, I'll dig myself out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you go into that Tony Rock field yeah. where they all love him, and I'm this cracker showing up there, they're just like, ugh. <laughs> I think the high energy. Con- I followed Delia a couple like four years ago, and that that was not good. Yeah. Um. I, I but I followed a lot of big names that it works when they have lower energy because I'm a higher energy comic. Okay. Yeah. But it's just obviously it's you follow somebody famous, they're not excited. Yeah. You're just yeah. they're like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? But there's something cool about the fact they go, they're sort of like, oh, who is this guy? And then once you get them to laugh a couple times, yeah. it's like, oh, wait a second, maybe I'll. I like writing energies. Like, yeah. It's, I I'd rather the comic do it better in front of me. Yeah, I just hope it's not like fucking somebody humongous and then they destroy and they're like, and this piece of shit's up next. Oh, those are the best stories. I mean, <laughs> one of the best episodes of this podcast, we had Ruben Paul talking about following Chris Tucker like a right week after, a week Friday, after Friday. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and oh. also, I do think that there's something about a black uh community black comedy community that is a lot more and i hate to use this word again i sound like i'm doing SATs galvanized but uh they're a lot more cohesive and they're a lot more 
excited about because as much as as much as as Dane was huge in the day and Chris Lee is huge now, the way that when Chris goes on stage, there's a and oh yeah, but the way that Chris Tucker would go on stage after Friday, right, is I'm sure he was doing those you don't you don't, you don't you don't Friday see that was shit. such a big movie, man. That was like yeah, because they said apparently when they were introducing him, they said this guy he was in the movie, he was the lead in the movie Friday, standing ovation. Yeah, damn, dude. You know, with, you know, with Chris you, Tucker standing ovation. Then he then the spotlight comes on. He does one Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> Standing ovation. That's insane. And Ruben had to follow him. He said it was like the worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. He said that it took him five minutes to get get to the stage stage. so many people were leaving. (laughs) You're kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Crazy. Where was this? Uh, Oh, I'm sure it was was, was an urban club. I forget which one it was. I don't think it was in L.A. Or maybe it was. It probably was, yeah. So – uh, my question to you is, do you feel like, I feel like back then there was celebrities, there was like A-listers. Now there's just so many people that are famous. Like nobody pops off and they're like huge. Back in the day. Super, super what, do, what do you mean? Anymore. What do you mean? Like, you, like back in the day it was like, man, when you, you looked up at celebrities, it was like, yeah, oh, you know, Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler, you know, like, like Will was... Smith. They were A-listers. Now it's like. People pop off and have movies or whatever. There's just so many content, so many things to get. You're, my neighbor's famous for fucking, you know, dressing up as guinea pig or whatever. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, there yeah, was anyway. no independent media producers. It was like you were in movies or yeah, you were nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. TV star, movie star. But I still around. think there's a there's a big there's a big gradation jump. I mean, Tiffany Haddish is a perfect example. I mean, yeah. the way that she she blew up in a way that was, I would say, similar to Chris Tucker and Eddie Murphy. And it was great, but still not quite the same. But definitely a good example. Like, Tiffany can walk down the street. Yeah. She, yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be tough for She's her. She's in the level yeah, of, like, but... if you put her back in, like, the 80s and 90s, she'd be, you wouldn't be able to walk, you wouldn't be able to, nobody would be able to. Yeah, she would be. Yeah. She'd be, like. blocking traffic. Right, you know yeah. I mean? When do you think, do you think it changed very recently just with Netflix? Not with Netflix so much as social just with media. social media. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm always amazed whenever I go on Instagram because I have, I don't know, I have maybe close to 9,000 followers on Instagram, <laughs> not to brag. And I kind of go and I have my little blue check and I go, uh, and then I just, this is more to explore. And there's just some girl with a booty or whatever. Oh, dude, don't get me and started. And she's got 500,000 <laughs> followers. Don't and I'm get like, me started. Let me look her up on IMDb. Let me look. At, she hasn't done anything. But she's got that booty. All right, we're getting you started. What do you feel about that? Oh, don't get me started. We've we got to get you started. Just say it. My they're, ex they're was that girl. They're too dumb to listen to podcasts. Okay, your 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 ex was that girl. Yeah, she had 100,000 followers, and it was just because of her body. Yes. And, and, I, and I'm slaving. It was really funny, too, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll get some followers. Nope. Uh, just, just as the boyfriend? She, yeah. yeah, she got some of my followers. I mean, she lost <laughs> so much she posted me, but I just got, like, fucking dick pics of her fans. <laughs> No. Oh my god. No, no, but I got like so nothing. I, were you guys pub, just, were you guys public about your uh, relationship? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of forced you on at her, times. Were you on her? Instagram? I kind of had to like force it on her. Like, am I a part of your life ever? Yeah. Or yeah. She didn't want it because then she'd lose followers. Right. Oh my god, that's so funny. But, uh, they can't be posting photos with a man. That is not popular. Yeah, they don't like that. Their fans I, drop. I remember flies. Uh, Matt Rife's ex girlfriend, who was very sweet. She came to Vegas with us when we were doing Vegas together. Which one? Uh, she's Australian, the Australian one. I think I know. But she has probably three hundred thousand followers, something like Mm. that. And she's very vegan in lifestyle. It's not just about it, but her pictures are just like, (laughs) I mean, she's lightly oiled. She's spread eagle. She's, I mean, they're they're just on the border of of classy and like hustler from the eighties. So, um, 
but you just see Matt going like, yeah, you look good there, babe. Can't wait to see you tonight. And you can see that they're just all over each other's page, like making sure that they that everyone knows that they're a couple. Yeah. You know, but they're po- they don't pictures together, but they're posting comments to be like, yo, you're my man, you're my lady. And I was or, like, that is not tenable. I did it. It's not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. So like give me an example of things that would happen. Would people would guys contact you? Nah, it was more or less like I mean, dudes DM her all the time and yeah, she would be like off on the side, like reading them because she didn't want me to see it. And of course, uh, so it just made you jealous. I mean, I don't know how. Sometimes, it could. yeah. I mean, it was just you know, I, I dealt with it, and yeah, it wasn't fun. Did it ever manifest itself in like real life? Like people would show up at shows, or I people just, would. Kind I of... think no, not really. No, no. I just think what bothered me the most is that that she uh, she like idolized that more than us. What do you, she idolized she, she, her she, attention more than your relationship. The, yeah, the Instagram was like more of an important thing than we were. How, how did that manifest itself? What do you mean by that? I just talk realized shit, that, bro. that talk shit. That's man. what. That's Fuck what that she, girl. Yeah, I mean, she's she, not gonna listen to this. I promise. No, you. I know she won't. Um, no, but she, yeah, she like it was more important Damn. to her than me. She was. It's all she ever did. She lived. It was like she hated the fact that she was losing followers because of me. She didn't want to post wait, wait, me. Wait, 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 I remember even she, you lost. Co- she lost followers by posting pictures of me, right? Just like naturally. Hilarious. Like she would lose thousands. I lost some too, but it was hundreds. But I, I only have like, you know, 9,000 too. It's like, yeah. it's not that much. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I didn't lose as many because most of my people were there for, for stand-up. They, they, for them, they of course, were of course. there for her body. You weren't posting the thir- thirst I traps. You didn't see me in shirtless pictures. What were you going to say? I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You're no, busy. I was just saying that I remember one time I had to like beg her to like, I, I remember we, we had like, we had, I had a huge show, you know, I was touring with Dane at the time and we did Vegas and it was a private jet and, you know, killer theater uh-huh. and fans and five star everything. And, and this was like, she's just like, look at me on the jet. Look at me in my the hotel. Look. So and it was and, her and, by herself. Not with and you. I was never in any of it. And That's I got like so hilarious. And I go, I go, I go, I get that girls do that, but I go, this isn't about you. Like you, you should be like, look at my boyfriend he's in done. Yeah. fucking this in the cosmopolitan arena like theater like it yeah. wasn't yeah. Hey, like hey she wasn't pre- i literally had to be like this saddens me and then she felt bad and took a picture of me in our robes and posted it and, it, and then lost a thousand followers and She's like, never and, again yeah so did she take pictures with dane because uh, that'd be fucked up if she's taking pictures with dane but damn. not with you uh i don't know no i don't i not don't really. know maybe so is that what ultimately ended the relationship no nah, we had poor communication and then we we uh she wasn't really good at communicating. I told her I wasn't feeling great about it and she was not there and, and then I said I wanted to keep trying and she didn't want to and and then it, it was How long rough. were you with her? Um a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah, that's that's a point where it like a pound of blood. A pound of blood. You yeah, know? it's dumb. Yeah. How long ago was this? <laughs> she moved out on Valentine's Day. This uh, year? This year? Mm-hmm. Damn, bro. Jamie, Dude, you're still Jamie, feeling it. You're still Masada, feeling it. Yeah. Put me up on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Which is great. When she moved out, and I get on stage, and I go, my girlfriend uh, might have been cheating on me. Is that what happened? It's a possibility. Uh, I said, left me and moved out on Valentine's Day today. She got her boxes. I go, so buckle the fuck up. <laughs> you guys came to the wrong comedy show. Yeah. And how'd that go? It was fun. I dove in. I, That's great. I, I was like, I mean, you guys are going to fall in love or fucking leave each other after this, because I, I went in. 
Yeah. I went in. So I what actually, did you talk about? Did you, did, did you? I've just been talking about, I haven't really dove into her, but I've been just talking about. The nature I, of love I, and relationships. I've changed a lot in the last few months comedy-wise. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm more bitter and angry and more aggressive than I never used to be. Yeah. Hmm. I did a show at the Soho House. This manager's like, he come to the show house, Soho House. It's a big industry show. Of course. So I do the show. He goes, don't do your new breakup material. He goes, come in here with your tight TV 10. Can fucking kill. Tight this TV is, 10, hilarious. This is your... This is a lot of people watch this. Yeah, don't be authentic. I go, so I go, okay. I go there, I do new breakup material. Yeah. And and I was like, I have to, because I'm learning to finally be real on stage. Of course. I can't fake this shit. It's the exact process of finding your voice. So I go on and I do it, and it went really well. And I yes. met, I had this guy come up to me. I had two people come up to me, this uh, this woman named Linda, who casts all these animation movies and TV. She's like, loved you. We're going to get you a part or two or three or four. She emailed yeah. me. We've been talking. And then this other guy, Jamie Gold, who brought up Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. comes up to me. He goes, I've never been wrong. You're going to be a megastar. He goes, you're going to be huge. I've never been wrong once. I brought up you know, Jimmy. Now I'm producing, and I won World Series of Poker. But he goes, <laughs> so I go, he, so I got in touch with him, and I go, look, even if you're drunk and this is all bullshit, man, I'm fucking depressed right now, and I needed it. Thank you. But yeah. I was like, dude, for me, that was like, That's go huge. in here, do real shit. Of course. What a lesson. So you said this is your manager told you or your agent? Your agent told you not to do it. Oh, the, the guy that put me on the show was like, do the TV 10. I go, fuck that. Yeah, I'm doing the, that. I'm doing the breakup shit too. right now. Did he say anything to you afterwards? That was great. It was yeah, great. It, was, it felt good because it was more real. You know, I have, um, so I have a bunch of bits on the laugh factory youtube whatever because i'm an old fuck but uh the there are two bits that have done the best in terms of views i guess and maybe ratings one of them is uh a bit about coming back from a las vegas strip club and i did it the i was in vegas headlined that whole week went to strip club saturday until 4 p.m sunday that was a monday night show and i did the bit which is brand new and it and it did very well the second one is i just got dumped so the bit is called "Stay Single," and I, and I watched I've seen that, that, yeah. And and it's not like, and I'm wondering why it got so many views, and people share it, and people say, "Oh, I love that bit," and I don't do that material anymore. Right. But I just been dumped a week before that, and I think that there's a a, a really authentic anger, and just like, no fuck it, stay single. Don't don't wait. Don't, you know, like that people in a weird subtle way they can tell yeah they you know and you can't really i mean if i went and did the stay single bit now it just wouldn't be as authentic so that's probably why i don't do as much even though i still kind of believe most of what i say (laughs) but i had also another bit where i went i went to jail for jumping a turnstile in like central brooklyn and i was wearing a donna karen suit i had lip gloss and it was all rapists and murderers and the the cells that were going to rikers and and i just told the bit about how afraid i was and hearing them all talking about the murders they did oh my God. and me trying to act like I was out of it or drunk. Um, and I told that I literally, they released me from jail after 26 hours. I go on stage at the New York Laugh Factory, the Times Square Laugh Factory, where I came up. I get on stage and I was late. I go, I, I, I go, I, I just got here. I'm sorry. I'm like, go, go, go. I go on stage. I tell the story. Killed. I got a great bit. A week later, I tried it. Yeah. Just wow. bombed. I think that's the nature for me, at least for storytelling. Like the story... I can't recreate my wonder and joy of a story once I've told it a couple of times. Interesting. I know so, I get so that. do you, do you have that with your breakup? I mean, look, dude, February is two minutes ago. Yeah. And you're with it for a year and a half. I always say, the amount of recovery time you need is is equal to the length of the relationship, or half the length. 
Fuck. So I, that's what I feel. I, I a year got, and a half, you need like at least eight months. Yeah, fuck. You know, but it's great. <laughs> get, the, get the bits out. I've been debating looking for a new apartment because we live together in that one. So I've been oh. looking for a new apartment this week because I'm like, my lease is up. And I'm like, should I, I, this is a good apartment. I don't feel like moving, but there's so many memories here. It's yeah. like, do and, I go? And if you have memory foam pillows, even worse. Oh, fuck. She you can, you can have that soak joke. that it's bad terrible. energy into that. Those pillows. <laughs> we'll just repaint it and sage it. Get some yoga chicken there. You think? Uh, yeah, you for think sure. that'll work? Look, will it work? What does work mean? If you can convince yourself it'll work, it'll work. So just convince yourself that, yeah, sage, sage works and it'll work. I mean, that's usually if what I'd people do. If I get new furniture, you think it's, that'll change the place up? My apartment used to look like a, someone died there in an opium den. And it was <laughs> like, I mean, Johnny Sanchez, who I love, but... But he'd gone through a divorce. It was a very depressing place. And it's now it's, you know, yeah, just if you change the furniture, paint it up, yeah, get rid of. I mean, dude, here's here's the thing. Look, I was a yoga teacher. This is one advice I'll say, right? Why are you laughing at my belief system? <laughs> Sorry, it's just uh, for years. And this I was the more the more uh, energy you put into something, the more it exists, right? So when you block people on Instagram and Facebook and da 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 and block their number, they literally cease to exist in your brain. Mm. Not just you're pretending. Yeah, you're pretending the first couple of weeks, but after a while, guess what? You don't think about them. Yeah. The people that fucking drive me crazy are the people who they break up and they pretend they're friends and they're cool and they still follow each other on Instagram. They're still friends. Block, block, block. Done, done, done. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have to do that way. Yeah. I move on like it never happened. I don't know if it's necessarily healthy, but I I'm, would no. It's great. I it's like perfect. try to, yeah. I hate conflict. I just like I'm like oh, I try to erase it like it never happened. So does, was there an effort That's to be I'm, friends at one point? No, no. It's just too it hard. Work. That's yeah. smart. I, I tried to be friends it. and it was just torture. I can't do it. I just as long as I was trying to be friends, I was just fucking depressed. I also wanted to keep trying and she didn't, so I was like, this is I'm dying. I was dying. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way. That's a very Nice way of saying you got dumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I wanted to be friends with you. It's too. funny because I started the conversation out about how I'm not happy and I'm not sure I wanted to do this. Uh -huh. And then she was like, okay. she was like she kind stole of, it yeah. from you. But no, but we were like, let's talk about it tomorrow and see if we want to do this. So no, she didn't. I, 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 I even remember going out, like I had a show that night and there was even like a really hot girl that was trying to get on me. And that was the night that we were like, maybe going to, and I, and you would have think that you would have thought that that moment would be like, yeah, get the fuck out of this. You're yeah. good. I was just like, no, nah, I want to keep trying. Yeah. That actually did the opposite for me. Yeah. And, I, and then I went back the next day and I go, I want to keep trying. And she's like, I don't. And I was like, what the fuck? Hmm. Wow. Kill me. That's tough. Yeah. I, I, I got, to, I still, I still talk about it on stage. I, I say it's one of my favorite openers where I go, uh, and I did get, I did get dumped this year, but, but whatever. I, but the joke was, I go, so I got dumped this year. I got, got dumped this year. Everyone else been dumped. Now you're opening. People aren't going to be ready to talk. They're not going to respond. But most people, this silence. And I go, cool. You guys are all undefeated in relationships. You got perfect <laughs> records since grade school. Yeah. I'm 80 and in love, bro. I've never been. I'm the Tom Brady of love. But people don't want to, because being dumped, because breaking up is like, oh, we broke up. You know, Dane has a bit about that. It's like, we never, it's never a mutual breakup. Someone's always doing and as a guy, it just really, it's a real blow to your self-esteem when you get dumped. And of course you realize it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't mean anything. It's just what you ascribe to it. So um, where are you in the process of your grieving process? Are you? I know there's lots of steps, right? 
the five steps, the five of, steps. of grief. But are you the place where are you dating other pe- people now? Yeah. Do you feel that you're capable of loving someone right now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think well, so. No rush, dude. I don't no know. rush. Stay single, bro. That's my advice to you. Stay down. No, no, no. I, I'm a big. You're Tommy's, right. Tommy's dating someone. I just right now. need to focus on my myself again. I guess I don't know what the fuck I need. Well, obviously, I mean, I just need friendship. I think that the only thing with in this town, in this town in particular, I feel that um, there's a lot of toxic people, and there's a lot of toxic energy. And I'm not saying that the women are the toxic. No, ones, no, this town is. But toxic. they are. So I think. I <laughs> know. <laughs> but I think that there's a because I I think that men can kind of sail through the world and sail through comedy and acting and be like, I'm, I'm doing okay. I got my little 200 square foot apartment. I got my little podcast. Dude, this industry is toxic. You know, this, this but, but I think as a man, you can kind of go, all right, I'm doing something. But as a woman, I think the the the, the, the age and everything, it's, it compresses the feelings into a much more yeah. distilled fashion where they go, I got to make something happen. Because women, a lot of women still want to have kids. Yeah. So like, I have to make it by 32 so I can have a kid yeah, by 34. for sure. And it's a real thing that lives in her head. And as a guy, you can have a kid until you're fucking 84. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the the point with that is, uh, do you feel do you feel that that's something you've been dealing with? Because you look, you're, you're a young, good-looking guy. Your Hollywood Laugh Factory is very, very Hollywood, right? And so is, I guess, improv. Thanks, but I buddy. feel like Laugh Factory is very, like, models and Instagram and very... Um, do you, are you worried about women fucking up your career? No, I mean I'm. The only do you feel like you're someone? My who, career is me. Do you feel like you're someone who's able to draw that line? Because I feel like a lot of people will sacrifice themselves just for some tail. You mean like like the settling like and letting go of my career just for or, a woman, or, or just like we're just like well, I guess I don't have to go out and do shows tonight because me and my girl we're going to Netflix and chill, and then that becomes like every day for mm. a week. Um, I've gotten to that point where you get a little comfortable and you just yeah. kind of chill, and I, I did that. Yeah, I've definitely been more productive now that I've been single. Yeah, for I've been sure. Just going to dude after that breakup. A lot of people like you know I was depressed, but a lot of people just sabotage. Dude, I was waking up, I was writing, I was reading, I was praying, I was do, it was I was literally eating healthy. I was doing abs. I was working out. I was doing shows. I was setting up meetings. I got so much shit right after that breakup, yeah. and I'm still working on it right now. Yeah, I like I have a lot of opportunities right now. Yeah. Because of just the fucking go. Like, Absolutely. It's like it was a wake-up call almost. That's great. I mean, it's also, this sounds like a crazy analogy, but what, you hear about people who get HIV and they start running marathons. I know. That's insane. I mean, sh- bad shit motivates people. There's this documentary called The Don Wall on Netflix where a guy who's a climber, this guy, Tommy, do you know what I'm talking about? Tommy oh, I know Cald- talking- Caldwell. He lost his index finger and he's a rock mm. climber with mm. no index finger. So this isn't the like, free solo thing, is it? No, it's before that. Okay. But Tommy Caldwell helped uh, helped that dude do the free solo. He was yeah. actually, I think he was in it too. But um, he lost, index, he's a rock climber. He became a better rock climber after losing index finger. Wow. So I, I think that's cross the board with artists too. Like shit like that happens, that breakup could be the best thing you're, for you as an artist. I know it sounds crazy. It's very Van Gogh-ish. <laughs> I hope so, man. Yeah, but you're doing great, man. I think I think you're I think you're an awesome comic and you're Thanks, a great man. dude. I everyone appreciate everyone time. fucking loves you. I respect so, you. So uh, I Thank hope you. that. Um, but you don't love me. I'm kidding. No, I said so, I, um, I love you. So what's going on? What's going on next with the? Uh, what's going on next for you? What do you got going? Um, so I am gonna start my own podcast, which I'd love you for you to be on. Uh, a friend of mine, Elton Caste, he's a YouTube celebrity, so we're gonna team up and 
tie down and we're going to hit the, the he, I got he, the comic connections. He's got the YouTube following. That's great. So it's great. Um, I'm, I, I shot a couple things. I shot a short with Lisa Ann Walter. I shot a TV pilot uh, called Friend Zone. Oh, yeah. Um, what was that? What was that? Basically, these guys, Joe Gurdy, he actually produced part of uh, Kevin Hart's Netflix special, uh-huh. the documentary side. They, they shot up a TV pilot. They're trying to pitch now, set it up. They're, they shot it and they're independently. Now they're taking it out. Um, I might do a few li- lines in this movie coming up. I can't really say. We'll see. I, I'm, you know, I'm working on my own show uh, called that I, that I'm, I shouldn't spill anything yet, but I'm working on my own show that I'm pitching about my my brain tumor life. It's a comedy. That's great. That's great. So, um, but I'm also touring now. I open for a rap report a little bit, but I I tour on my own now. Yeah. So I, I'm headlining Pittsburgh Improv this week. Oh, and dude, I'm doing I wish a bunch you were doing when I was there. That'd be awesome. Fuck man. Um, we, we when you're gonna be there in June. Yeah. Um, I gotta set you up with some guys. You so you can do some. First of all, you should do the club there. Um. It's fuck. You should have planned this ahead. At least you can do an off night because it's probably already booked. Yeah, but we yeah. could at least do do the levity off night and then do arcade. If they have a weekend available, you should do arcade. Yeah, yeah, we talked about there. that. So, so, so you got your your headline. When did you start headlining? Was that last year or two yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. Last, yeah, last year. What's the longest set you've done? Like an hour and fifteen minutes. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I headlined, I tried headlining once a few years ago, and I was like, I did thirty five and I sucked. I was like, <laughs> fuck. So last. So last uh, September, I did the Rex Theater, and it was actually really good for me because I was like, I didn't know how if I could be funny for an hour, and if I yeah. had all of I, everyone has a ton of material, but is yeah. it an hour? Can you put can it you together? do it? Yeah. Put it together. So I was worried about my segues, and especially my memory. My memory sucks. So I was like, fuck. I put it together. I was I was I impressed myself. Yeah. I was like, I got it. I could finally do this. That's so amazing. So now I man. feel like I could headline, and I'm good. Yeah. So I just got to get the. I just want people to know who I am now. I don't give a fuck if I'm diaper boy running the streets. I just want a fit following so they yeah. can hear my stand-up that I've been working on my entire life. Yeah. Like, it sucks. I will do a fucking reality show at this yeah, point yeah, to yeah. get me famous so that I could get a following and they'll be like, holy shit, he's actually funny. So then you can do your stand So yeah, then you can exactly. listen to my voice that I've been trying to develop forever. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, this is the world we live in now. Yeah, but it's also great. That's part of the fun of it, right? I guess. But you get it because you're, you're a comic, so you like you know that it's... That, that is, let me ask you: Do you like stand up more than acting? Um, I think, I think if you talk to anyone who's who's acted a lot and done stand up a lot, for example, Judah Friedlander is one of those. Maybe maybe Michael Rappaport. You can talk to him about. It, I don't know, but although he's had an incredible acting career, uh, I think that most people uh, would prefer stand up. Yeah. Just because acting, let's be honest, most of the time you're just sitting in a trailer. Yeah. For most of the day, you just sit in a trailer, and if you're not, you don't have a guitar, you don't read books, whatever, you're bored out of your fucking mind. You're playing Candy Crush. So, um, and then you go on stage. Even if you're, I mean, I've done, le- I've done leads in movies uh, before the sun explodes. Amazon Prime, check it out, guys. Um, but still, and that was shot in 18 days. But still, most of my memory is sitting around and waiting, and then hanging. Yeah. You know, so I just feel like, as an artist, it's it's the it's the pits, man. It's the bottom of the barrel acting, you know. Even if once I mean, look, if you get to do an Oscar role, that's. But even then, you're still a cog in this huge machine. But as an actor, mm. you create whatever the reality is you want. That's the, the rush from stand up. It's yeah. just like it's a drug. Yeah. Like if I don't do it, I feel sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's like working out. Like if you don't go to the gym after a week, it's the same thing. If you don't do a show after a week, you're like, yeah, you feel like. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, no, Thanks, that's man. great. That means you're an artist. That means you're creative. It's awesome. And and uh, you got the, you're going to the podcast. 
You got the, I think, man, the world's open to you, dude. If you're going to crush it, and that bitch is going to see you in billboards, and she's going to be like, so, oh, man. my God. <laughs> <laughs> That'd yeah. be so nice, man. Well, yeah, I, so I love you and appreciate you. Thanks for having me, yeah, dude. Yeah, what's your, what's your tag so people can get you on, on uh, Instagram and if everything If you can else? follow me on Instagram, I, I have a, I'm 100 followers away from 10,000. Jesus. I want that K. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I want that K. Uh, Vinny Fastline, so it's Vinny with a Y, Vinny. And my last name is Fastline, but there's no T, so it's F-A-S-L-I-N-E, Vinny Fastline. Have you ever thought about changing to Vinny Fastlane? Just to Fast lane. be that guy. Jimmy, Vinny Fastlane. People would hate me. People already yeah. spell it wrong. They think it's Fastline with a T, like F-A-S-T-L-I-N-E. But my great-grandparents, my real name was Fasolino years ago. Italian? Yeah. I got it. And then they shortened it to get jobs here in America. That's great. I love it. So everyone thinks it's a fake name. I'm like... Fastline, just, just so my parents, my great grandparents could work here. Awesome, man. Vinny Fastline. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know when this is going to come out. So, uh, yeah, just check check uh, Vinny. He's a great guy. Check him out at the Laugh Factory. You have shows there? You have a set show there every? Um, I do. I, it's always random, but I'm, I'm yeah. there usually, hopefully, every once yeah, a week. Yeah, check him out at the Laugh Factory. Uh, you probably check him out. I'm at the Improv next week. The improv next week. Um, comedy Store the week after. Yeah, so he's everywhere in LA, man. Check him out and check him out on Instagram. He's a great guy, great comic. And uh, thanks for coming, Vinny. Dude, really thank you for it. having me, man. Signing off from the Afterlife. Bye-bye. It's the Afterlife, Afterlife. Welcome to the Afterlife, Afterlife, Afterlife. Afterlife, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. <laughs>